Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and horror. Today we shall explore the tragic and mysterious history of Timor, where the obsession with beauty and power brought a reign of fear and ruin. But first, a few clarifications. Before we start to explore the Zerishan Cluster and the domain of Timor, most of our explorations through the mist took place in the core of Ravenloft and passed through domains that had already been covered in novels, adventures, and mainly in the Ravenloft Gazetteers, books that provide detailed information about the domains and their dark lords. I have always been careful to present Ravenloft in my videos, taking into account official sources. However, in the case of Timor, and other areas not previously covered by Ravenloft Gazetteers, I intend to expand these sources of information. Timor first appeared in the book Islands of Terror, which presented the domain not only as the present underground version, but also with a huge and beautiful metropolis that covered it. In the Grand Conjunction, the domain was merged with Peridon in the Zerishan Cluster, but it didn't receive much attention after that. It was mentioned in the book Domains of Dread, but had more details described in the adventure published on the internet, on the secrets of the Kagatain website, called Shadows of the Knife. In the third edition, Timur received a mention in the main setting book, but the domain was not covered in one of the published gazetteers. The Rivenloft fan community wasn't going to let the setting rot into oblivion. The Fraternity of Shadows website, the most well-known and organized fan site of Rivenloft, has published netbooks that continue the Gazetteer's proposal, exploring in-depth the domains of dread. One such Gazetteer, published by the Fraternity of Shadows, addresses the Zerishan cluster. In the video description, I will also leave the link where you can download the netbook. The next video about Timor will be based on the official material, The Shadow of the Knife Adventure, and the Zerishan Gazetteer, written by the Fraternity of Shadows. Are you ready? After escaping from Dominia through a misty portal, we reached a complex network of tunnels and sewers and started to search for a way to escape to the surface. Lost, we wander into an ancient corridor, where we are captured by a strange and deformed group of pale-skinned Calibans, who drag us to the ruins of their village. There, we are judged by the mob, and our fate hangs in the balance. In the end, our freedom and a route out of this underground labyrinth is traded in exchange for a mission, a journey into the depths in search of a tomb that is a sacred relic to these people. Fearing a crueler fate, we accept this bargain and are then taken to the ruins of the Library of Timor, where in ancient books the nature of what we seek is revealed. Our Caliban guide translates this ancient book for us and we uncover the tragic history of the Kingdom of Timor. The 
ancient history of the Kingdom of Timor is marked by conquest and violence. Many volumes recount how this land was colonized and conquered, and the countless struggles and conflicts against its native population. Of these bloody feats of conquest, we scarcely have a glimpse. Our translator of these ancient tomes of history passes quickly through these years, mentioning only briefly the long list of noble, knights and kings who followed in rapid succession. The focus of our study and search is the period of Queen Oneira's reign and her obsessed vision of a magnificent and splendid city. Queen Oneira became a widow and assumed the throne and was obsessed with leaving her mark on the history of Timor. A lover of arts and beauty, she decided that her legacy to history would be the construction of the most magnificent and splendid city ever created, a stunning metropolis that would become the capital of her kingdom. Using her absolute powers as the ruler of Timor, she shows the location for her capital on the ruins of an ancient city. The reason why the ancient city was in ruins and abandoned were unknown. To secure resources for her grandiose project, the queen implemented a heavy taxation regime on her people, making everyone's lives more difficult and unfair. Nothing would move her away from her vision and dream. The beginning of construction was around the year 600 of the Barovian Canada, and it coincided with the final period of this ruler pregnancy. She gave birth to a girl who records only refer to as the princess. The ancient records we study offer no name to the heir of the throne, and there is much speculation as to why. Some speculate that she had the same name as her mother, and that she is called the princess to avoid conflict and confusion in the records. The birth of this child is surrounded by mysteries, as the former king had already died many years ago and there is no record of her paternity. The location chosen by the queen was perfect and surrounded by a beautiful landscape, and the mystery surrounding the ruins and abandonment of the previous city in the location became even more disturbing. What would have scared or killed the population that lived here in the past? Why would they never attempt to rebuild on these ancient ruins in such a beautiful location? As soon as construction began, however, workers began to disappear and their bodies were found grotesquely mutilated and devoured. Soon, they discovered that the location chosen for the construction of the city was over ancient tunnels that housed a hive of marikids, dangerous predators of this region. Many workers protested the precarious working conditions and exhausting hours required by the queen. With the increasing number of deaths and disappearances, workers soon began to revolt or abandon the place, and the queen's ambitious plans were threatened. For the obsessed queen Oneira, the lives and torments of the workers mattered little, but she was not willing to admit any delay or change in her plans. In search of a way to ensure her plans, she sought the support of Nevin, the powerful court wizard. 
this wizard of great power and ambition uses his magical gifts in the service of the kingdom to help control the Marikit plague. In addition to Nevin's great mystical powers, the queen also hired a group of powerful mercenaries who formed the order of the royal Marikit hunters. This armed group was dedicated to hunting the monstrosities, but reports from the time confirmed that they were involved both in controlling the monsters and in repressing the mass of workers who threatened to revolt. These measures seemed to have an effect, and the joint effort of Nevin and the royal Marikit hunters drastically reduced the attack of the monsters. These attacks never completely ceased, however, and some sinister rumors indicated that these attacks by the creatures of the deep sometimes seemed to be directed at leaders of labor movements who were rebellious or insurgent. While the kingdom's workers were kept in line, the queen bankrupted her kingdom. Her expenses for the construction of her magnificent city were exorbitant, and her fees and taxes for the realization of her dream strangled her nation. While great architects and engineers arrived at the construction site with luxurious materials and artists, its people lived in poverty and misery. Even the noble families were affected by heavy compulsory contributions they were demanded. The political environment and the stability of her kingdom seemed to crumble as her great metropolis was built. The queen became increasingly obsessed with her project and ignored the pleas of her advisors. Reports from the closest members of her court revealed that the queen also showed signs of extreme fear and paranoia, as if some strange type of phobia dominated her. Her doctor, the princess, grew up away from her mother's attention and became a beautiful woman, intelligent. She knew how to play the dangerous games of intrigue in the court, and some say that her secretly was a critic of her mother's ruinous administration and government. After more than 20 years of extreme sacrifices, the painful task of building the city of Timor was finally completed. A large number of workers already lived in the city, and many nobles, merchants and commoners came from different parts of the realm for the inauguration of this majestic metropolis, which was attended by more than 30,000 people. The city was a wonder that dazzled everyone who met it. Its refined architecture, its large parks, gardens and palaces, murals, frescoes and sculptures made every detail worthy of admiration and contemplation. Magic also played a big role in the city that had magical lights illuminating its streets at night and beautiful gardens with exotic plants cultivated by druids and master gardeners. A great festival was held to commemorate the glorious construction of the city. During these festivities, however, a strange mist invaded the city, isolating it from the rest of the kingdom of Timor. This supernatural effect left the population of the city gripped by dread, but the queen seemed to become increasingly reclusive and fearful. 
No one knows for sure the reasons for her increasing paranoia and fear, but even living in the glorious metropolis that she built with her vision, she did not seem completely satisfied. Her inability to relate to the problems of her subjects continued, even with the city having to deal with the difficulties of its isolation in the mists. She continued to live in luxury and hold exuberant festivities and dinners in her palace. One of these events, however, resulted in tragedy. As the queen welcomed her subjects to the festivities, the court wizard, Nevin, cast a spell on the princess, transforming her into a hideous creature with an arachnid body and a human torso with four arms. Her monstrous appearance was that of a Marakid Hive Queen, and the mere glimpse of this monstrosity caused Queen Oneira to die instantly, overcome by absolute dread. No one knows the reasons for Nevin's betrayal, but the Hive Queen soon turned against him. With revenge in her eyes, she murdered the treacherous wizard Nevin, while many tried to escape the palace. The creature was overcome with uncontrollable rage and began murdering everyone in its path. Soon, the royal Merikid hunters were gathered to combat the creature and managed to harm the monstrosity. An intense battle ensued, leaving many dead bodies, but the injury hive queen reached the underground tunnels where she took refuge in the depths of the Merikid's lair. The fall of the royal family was followed by a period of great chaos. The long-suppressed workers rebelled, and the glorious mist-shrouded city of Timor was threatened to be destroyed by disorder and destruction. To save the city and restore order, urgent elections were held to elect a council of administrators. The first and most important councillor elected was Helmlest with an aggressive proposal that blamed the mages for the city's current situation. A skilled politician and manipulator, he soon made good on his promise and began a purge against city wizards, who once were responsible to maintain and create the city splendor. Material components, grimoires and scrolls were confiscated by the council, and no records reveal what became of this confiscated material. This climate of terror and hatred seemed to have instilled distrust and paranoia in Timor. During this period, sinister reports pointed to a considerable increase in mysterious murder. Some rumor suggests that this killer could assume other people's identity to find victims and escape justice, and fear spread throughout the city. The situation would become even worse when Merikid's monsters returned in large numbers to attack the surface. Some people were found dead and mutilated inside their own homes, and nowhere seemed safe. These brutal murders caused the population to demand a solution from the council, and the renowned royal Merikid hunters were summoned to descend into the depths and exterminate these monsters once and for all. The history books tell how these city heroes crossed the city streets in a parade, marching toward the sewers, armed and prepared for battle. However, 
this confidence soon turned into terror when human screams began to echo throughout the city, coming from the sewers in what became known as the Night of Running Screams. No one returned from this mission. In the ensuing panic, the city council adopted emergency measures to protect the population, and in this state of emergency, Councilor Realmlast gained unrestricted powers to try to control the crisis. The following period became known as the Dark Decades. The number of Marikit murders continued to increase, as did fear and paranoia among the population, who feared the mysterious killers capable of changing their faces. The original population of 30,000 inhabitants suffered a drastic reduction over the years, as its population isolated itself into small groups of trusted people and family members. Unable to eliminate the threat of the Marikids, the city council decided to live with the threat by making offering to the monsters, and from time to time, a macabre lottery was held to choose the citizens who would be sacrificed. These offerings could be postponed, however, if foreigners came from the mists and could be offered in place of the population. Access to the sewers was prohibited, as hunting and killing one of these creatures generally resulted in reprisals and brutal hunts by these monstrosities. All these tragedies led to a huge population drop, and the glorious city was now practically empty, with only 5,000 inhabitants living in its empty streets and abandoned buildings. The situation was heading towards catastrophe around 740, when attacks by Marikids seemed more frequent and the city council was losing its authority, with rebel groups and insurgents uniting against the arbitrary laws and sacrifices. The entire tragedy culminated in a great earthquake that severely shook Timor. The tremor opened a fissure in the earth that drained the river that ran through the city. While many of its majestic buildings crumbled, the entire portion of the city's riverbank slid into the depths, being swallowed by the bowels of the earth. Mist and dust covered the vision of the few survivors who were now buried in the tunnels and ruins of their city. The survivors realized that their bodies were also being transformed and they became calibans. For a time, they tried to survive in the depths, but in 741 the enclave was founded by the community of Calibans that currently resides in the depths. One of its founders was the young Caliban Moshin, who found the ruins of the great cathedral of Timor and received a vision that helped him create the path of the true form, a fate which has guided this community in these dark times. Soon. A disturbing truth came to be known by the few survivors. Another great metropolis was above the tunnels, less splendid than Timor, but it was not destroyed or empty like their hometown, who now was lost somewhere in the mists. Contact with the human city of the surface caused a great impact on the population of the enclave. In Peridon, those who discovered about the existence of the enclave 
also seemed very interested in finding this secret community and revealing the secrets of what exists beneath the sewer network of their city. Rumor has it that the Marikids are now hunting on the surface, as if it were their new hunting grounds, and some sort of shadow war between the surface and underground is ongoing. Even the creatures of the deep seem to be going through some kind of crisis, and the winds of change are blowing, even in the deepest tunnels. Our reading of Timo's history reveals a lot about its past, but all of this has a single objective. After the death of Nevin, the traitorous wizard, his body was buried in a tomb with powerful mystical protections. Aware of his great power, they feared that he would return from the dead to seek revenge or take over the city of Timor. The council decided to bury his body with all his possessions in a mausoleum surrounded by mystical sigils to imprison him eternally, even after death. The enclave great priests believe that Nevin's grimoire holds revelation about the mysteries of the fate, the path of the true form. He believes that it was his spell that revealed the princess' true hideous form and transformed her into a Marikid Hive Queen, and that this hidden knowledge may be the great religious revelation of their fate. With this information and knowledge, we should start our journey to find the Tomb of Nevin, a mausoleum that sank to the depths of the Hive in the territory of the Marikids. With some uncertain directions, and a dose of dead truffles to help us continue without being detected by the Marikids, we set off on these dangerous missions toward the depths. Join us, subscribe to the channel, and turn on notifications, and let's explore the secrets of Timor.